Welcome back to the West Wolf Podcast. I am your host, J.D. Jackson. As always, you can find me on Twitter, Russell Westbrook gets a chip at Always and Forever Art, and on YouTube at J-Rock Soccer and Basketball Sessions. Guys, it is a new day. Let's move on to what happened in the previous day and move forward on what's to come. And what is next is the Chicago Bulls tomorrow night. Let's get to it. Today will be a mailbag pod day. I have your questions. I will answer them. But first, let's talk about the matchup Tuesday night versus the Chicago Bulls. The 0-3 Chicago Bulls versus the 0-3 Washington Wizards. Let's talk about that game first. Look, guys, it's pretty simple. Their defense is worse than the Washington Wizards. We've got to pull this game out. To this point, the Washington Wizards are allowing about 121 points. The Chicago Bulls are allowing 126. All we have to do is, my gosh, play a little bit better defense than the Chicago Bulls. Now, the Chicago Bulls have a couple of people who can fill it up. You know, they've got Zach Levine. They've got Laurie Markkinen, who I think is a bit overrated, but he is one of those players that can get it done. they got Wendell Carter Jr. So they've got people who can fill up the scoreboard. But my gosh, can they not play defense as well? And when you have Bradley Bill and Russell Westbrook, you're hoping that they can outscore the Chicago Bulls uh, big three as well as do a better job of defending. So that's just one thing I want to quick say about the matchup tomorrow. Obviously, I'll have a post-game podcast after the game. So that way we can walk through and give our my perspective on the game that just happened. So moving forward, it is mailbag pod day. So we are going to get to your questions right now. All right, so let's get to your questions. So the first question comes from at Cotton Shot Russ. Do you think there's a chance Brooks gets fired midseason? And if so, how many games do you think they have to lose before it will happen? Look, guys, a coach firing in the middle of the season is very uncommon uh, for obvious reasons. The new coach would have to come in there and it's still a whole new system and philosophy in the middle of the season. Um, And then you have to have someone lined up to take the place of that coach if that's something you're going to do, usually for the most part. And people are naming Atkins and Jeff Van Gundy. And the truth is, is we don't know if those coaches want to coach the Washington Wizards. It goes two ways. You know, the Washington Wizards have to want the coach, and the coach has to want the Washington Wizards. Do I think that Scott Brooks is doing a good job with the Washington Wizards in the first three games? Absolutely not. I am actually rather frustrated with his rotations and his uh, choices and the lack of uh, sets on the offensive end of the ball, especially late in games. But I just don't know. I guess you could promote an assistant coach within – but if you fire him and promote an assistant coach with him, how much is really going to change? I don't know. Um, that's usually what will happen in the middle of a season if you fire a coach, and I just don't know how much of a change you will see. I mean, the Los Angeles Clippers uh, parted ways with Doc Rivers, and they just got beat by almost 50 versus the Dallas Mavericks. And they promoted their assistant coach, Tyron Lue, to head coach. Now, 
this is only two or three games into the season, but that just that's what I mean by how much will change if you just promote an assistant coach that played that coach underneath Scott Brooks. So, I mean, I think there's a chance if it's absolutely atrocious, you know, let's say it goes one in 10, something like that, maybe so. It's just so hard to make a coaching change in the middle of the season. You know, this isn't football where so much is overcome by just, you know, a quarterback who can just throw the ball all over the place or something like that. Basketball is the ultimate team sport. It takes the ultimate uh, basketball IQ, intelligence, things like that. So just replacing him in the middle of the season is just such a hard thing to do for team continuity. Now, I know you guys are probably thinking continuity. I mean, this team is 0-3. They just lost a 17-point lead in a quarter. And I get that. I just don't – it's just so hard to do. Is there a chance? Yes. Is it likely? I would say no. Would we all be happy if it happened? It depends on who's the coach. That's always the question. Who are they going to hire if they fire Scott Brooks? You don't know if Jeff Van Gunny wants to coach the Washington Wizards. We know Jeff Van Gunny wanted to coach James Harden and Russell Westbrook, but we don't know if Jeff Van Gunny wants to coach Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal. We just don't know that. Does he want to coach two great players? I mean, we could say, we could guess, yes, they're two amazing players, but we just don't know that. We don't know if Atkins wants to coach the Washington Wizards. We don't know if he wants to be in D.C. So my immediate thought is probably not, but there's still a chance. But that's a great question, Cotton Child. I appreciate it, man. Uh, next question comes from Davis Westbrook at Bell's Army 0266. Who do you think will be the X factor coming off the bench before the Wizards this season and why? So... I think when Rui returns, Bonga will go back to the bench. You will start Russell Westbrook, Bradley Bill, Denny Afdia, Rui Hachimura, and then Thomas Bryant. But I'll be honest, the X factor, of course, is Bertans. If Davis Bertans can shoot lights out, which he has not done the last two games, he changes a ton for the Washington Wizards. Um but to be honest, I Lopez can change the dynamic of this team. He's a big that can step out and shoot the three. I know he's not the athletic center that Thomas Bryant is, but he's just much better defensively. And it's not, I'm not saying Robin Lopez is a better overall player. I'm not saying Robin Lopez is this transcendent center. He's not. But Thomas Bryant leaves so much to the imagination defensively that I think Lopez can really make a difference going forward. I think the starting five that I just named are going to do great. But I think that Robin Lopez has a chance to change the dynamic of the team defensively because he still gives you the option of shooting the three. And as we've seen, he also can score in the post. He can post up, give the nice little baby hook shot and score. But there's another person outside of those two players that I am looking at. Neto needs to absorb 99% of Ish Smith's minutes. It's just that simple. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Look, Ish Smith moves fast. He is elusive and quick. But he leaves much to be desired outside of the fact that he is fast. He's not an elite passer. He's not an elite finisher. He isn't going to go out and get a ton of rebounds. He's not going to get a lot of assists. 
He just moves fast, but a lot of the times his possessions are empty. Neto gives you a sound force. He's fundamentally sound. He's not moving super fast. He's not moving too slow. He's not going to wow you with athleticism. He just keeps an even keel. And sometimes when Westbrook and Bill don't have the ball in the hands, you just need someone who can steady the ship. Neto isn't going to wow you with an athletic play. He's just going to keep the ship floating. Just steered in the right direction at just the right pace. Neto has been outstanding, and I don't understand outside of the game that Russell Westbrook set out why he is hurting for minutes over Ish Smith. If Ish Smith plays more than Neto at this point, it is just Scott Brooks being stubborn because that's his guy and he wants to stick with this guy. And Scott Brooks was like that in OKC in his years in Oklahoma City with Russell Westbrook as well. So I would say the answer to your question is who I think can really, really help the team and is an X factor. It's Brooke Lopez because of his defense and how bad Thomas Bryant is at it. But if I'm looking at who can have the biggest impact, it is Neto. To keep that unit, that second unit afloat, um, he gives a shooter out there with Westbrook if he plays with Westbrook. I don't like the three-guard lineup. It's putrid. But if you sit Ish Smith and you play Neto, that's another person on the court that can shoot the three with Russell Westbrook. The problem in the past is he'll run the three-guard lineup, which is putrid, and then he will sit Neto and play Ish Smith beside Westbrook. That is not ideal. No one's guarding Ish Smith out at the three-point line. So that hurts Westbrook, who also struggles from the three-point line, shooting 30% for his career. Westbrook needs to be surrounded by shooters. He needs to be out there with Bertans and Neto. That's who he needs to be out there with. So that someone will honor those players because they know they can shoot the three. Not with Ish Smith. I get it. He's Scott Brooks' favorite, but that's just not who should play beside Westbrook at all. But that was a great question, uh, Davis Westbrook. I appreciate the question. Thank you so much. Uh, the next one comes from Club Harden at Icy Matt One. What's going on, man? I appreciate you. Appreciate the question. Long time follow. What do you want in Russ's game to change a bit? What do I want Russ's game to change a bit? I wish that for his entire career, I wish that Russell Westbrook would develop a floater. I think it would really help his game. Just the floater, as soon as he gets steps past that three uh, free throw line, just glide and float the ball up. You know, a lot of great, great point guards had, and, and Russell Westbrook is a great point guard. But a lot of the other ones had that floor. Steve Nash had that floor floater. Uh, Jason Kidd had that floater. Steph Curry has a floater now. Damian Lillard has that floater. Floater. All of those point guards have a floater that they can do. And like even Mike Conley has a left-handed floater. James Harden developed one over the last couple of years. So something I wish he would, I wish that he would develop a floater. But I guess that doesn't really answer your question. What do you want him to change? So I want him to add a floater. I think it would be great for him when he gets into the lane rather than having to go all the way to the lane or stop and shoot a cotton shot. He has that middle area that he doesn't use a ton, and I think it would be great for him to add the floater to his game so he can use that middle area. Between the cotton shot area and the layup area, I think it would be great. What do I wish he would change to his game? 
honestly, everything that Russell Westbrook is is because of how he plays. But if there was one thing that I wish that he would change in his game, it would probably be right now his unwillingness to be aggressive in the last five minutes of these first few Wizards games. It's something I haven't seen him do before. Um, well, I guess he did kind of in Houston too, sometimes at the end of the games. If his number wasn't specifically called, he was very unaggressive. I just think in order for the Washington Wizards to be successful, he has to be aggressive at the end of these quarters. In the last five, he comes back in at about the five-minute mark in the fourth quarter, and then he kind of just looks for Beal. And Beal should be the first option, but I think he should be aggressive and looking for his own as well so that they're, they, they have the other team has multiple people to worry about. And so that's something I wish he would change right now in his game, outside of not committing so many turnovers. I wish he wouldn't commit so many turnovers because uh, I think that would help out his team very much. Right now, he's kind of got a ton of them. Uh, I think he had six in his first game and five in his second. 11 turnovers in two games is too many. Um, so I guess that's another thing that I would change. But outside of that, like you can't take away Russell Westbrook's aggression because if once you do that, he's no longer Russell Westbrook. And I know that that's the answer a lot of non-Westbrook fans would want to give. But the aggression, the playing every play like his last, is what makes Russ Russ. And you have to let Westbrook be Westbrook. And that's just the truth. But that was a great question. I really appreciate it, Club Harden at IC Matt. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Next question comes from at Guto Zero, I think. Or it might be Guto. Oh, if I botched that, I apologize. His question is, do you think that Russ is going to stay in Washington for many years? And if he stays, what do you think they need to be to contend over the next years? Look, I actually love the way you phrased that question because obviously this year this is not a championship roster. Not even close. But this is a playoff roster at the at the end. You know, this is a seven, eight seed roster, play in roster, if they can freaking figure out how to play defense. And part of it is an effort thing, I believe, because there are stretches where it, the the lanes are wide open and they're just straight line drives and there's no resistance at all. Those are effort problems. But some of it is just miscues. And that happens, you, you got to fix that by going in the field room over and over again and trying to fix that and communicating. And that's another thing that I do see is that sometimes there's no communication on these switches and things like that. And that's where the breakdown happens and it looks just terrible on both players. But do I think Russ will stay in Washington? I think he'll stay there uh, definitely through the rest of his contract. Um, but will he stay beyond that? I don't know. I, I don't think that the Washington Wizards traded for him to just trade him. I think they traded for him to pair him with Bradley Beal. However, the Washington Wizards need to try and get a Jeremy Grant. I, he would just be amazing in this offense. Or, 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 or look at a Miles Turner who can block shots shoot the three, and play better defense than Thomas Bryant. Those are the kind of players that you need on this Washington Wizards offense. Someone who can shoot but defend the rim and bring about better defensive qualities. Because the problem with Bonga is once you put Bonga on the court, you improve your defense, but you significantly hurt your offense. Jeremy Grant does not hurt your offense, and he makes your defense better. 
Miles Turner does not hurt your offense, but he definitely makes your defense better. Bunker hurts your offense. So even when Rui comes back, when Rui comes out, who are you replacing him with? Probably Bunga. And because Westbrook played for the second unit, you have Bunga next to Westbrook. You can't help off of the other two players I named. They both can shoot the three. And the other teams know it. The problem is with Jeremy Grant, does he want to play that kind of role? He specifically wanted to go uh, to Detroit because he wanted to play and be more part of the offense. So I just don't know how much Jeremy Grant will want to be in that role. But you just never know. He might say yes. He loved playing with Russell Westbrook. And if he comes to the Washington Wizards, the team is immediately better. You'll have him and Rui and Bertans and Denny and Westbrook and Beal. That is a very explosive team who will immediately get better defensively. So who do I, what do I think they need? I think they need a rim protector. I need a better defensive big. And Jeremy Grant counts as that. He's long, 6'9", can block shots, he can play better defense, he can create steals, he can take the ball off the dribble, he can post up, he can shoot the three. He does all of those things well, and he would fit perfect in the Washington Wizards offense and perfect in the Washington Wizards defense. And he has familiarity with one Russell Westbrook. But that was a great question, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Next question from Brody at Brody. Why is it so depressing to become a Westbrook fan? Yeah, I don't find it depressing. You know, I do I get frustrated with Westbrook sometimes? Yes, it comes with the territory. But West, Russell Westbrook is elite. He's a lock Hall of Famer, first ballot. He's still one of the best point guards in the game. It's three games in. He went through the same four to five weeks with the Houston Rockets. He struggled at first, and then by mid-December through March, he was in the MVP conversation. Everyone, relax. It'll be okay. And I'm hoping it doesn't take him four weeks, four or five weeks, but same thing happened. He's got to fill out the new roster, and and, and everything will be okay. Um, next question. Thanks for the question, brother. I appreciate it. Next question. I'm the king of everything at King Coleb 23. Why is Russ so passive aggressive? I 100%. I talked about this on the post game pod after the game, uh, the first game versus the Magic. He's been very unaggressive and passive in the last five minutes, specifically in both of those games that he played in. I don't understand why, and it's absolutely odd to see. I've watched. Westbrook his entire career, and I don't know why he is this way. Bradley Bill should be the number one option. He's more efficient from the outside and a more efficient mid-range shooter. I understand that completely. But if he's unaggressive as he is, as he has been the last two games, they only have to worry about Bradley Bill. You have to let the other team know there are two stars on this team who both can close this game out. And we have to worry about both of them. And if Scott Brooks is smart, not only will he make them worry about that, he'll have them surrounded by Bertons and and Denny. So they have to worry about the shot as well. They have to worry about the kick out. But you're right. I don't, I don't understand why. I think he's trying to just make sure that 
everyone knows that he understands that Bradley Bill was his first, was here first, and it's his squad, and yada yada yada, and that's fine. But then those who have to talk and say, "Look, bump all that, the narrative and the talk, we're in this together. This is not Batman Robin. This is Batman Superman, and we're going to get this done together." Whoever can close it out in the last five minutes, just close it out in the last five minutes. Is Bill the first option? Yes. But if you have it, take it. He's not even looking for his driving lanes in the last five minutes. Now, is Scott Brooks part to blame? Yes. They're just kind of holding on to the ball and nothing's happening offensively in the last five minutes. That there might be a one of them might ask for a screen, on ball screen, but then after that, everybody just kind of standing and Bill just kind of has the ball and he's just kind of trying to make something out of nothing. So yes, Scott Brooks is part to blame for that. But Westbrook, when he's having the ball in his hands these last five minutes, he is not looking for his own. I don't understand. I'm thinking it's just him trying to make sure I know, Bradley Bill, this is your squad. You are the center focus of this offense. And I understand that, but they need to talk that out. In order for them to be successful, every team needs to be worried about both of them, not just one of them. That was a great question. I 100% agree with, I can tell what your thought process is. Thank you for that question at King Cole, at King Cole B 23. Uh, next question. Uh, I'll make this my last question. Um, this is from the, from the same person at King Cole B 23. Do you think as Westbrook fans, we shouldn't worry about his slow start because Russ has done this once before? Yes. That's what I was saying earlier. I wouldn't worry about the slow start at all. I'm unbothered, not worried about it one bit. Uh, he did the same thing with Houston. He had to fill it out, his the offense, figure out where his spots were, how he can get to his spots, when he should be aggressive, when he shouldn't be aggressive, when it should he get the ball to Harden, just kind of let Harden do his thing. All that stuff he's got to work out all over again. Now remember, he's moved cities two years in a row, moved teammates, moved teams, moved philosophies, moved coaches. He will figure it out. I'm not too worried about his slow start, and none of us should be. He'll be okay. Um I, I, we shouldn't worry about it at all. In two or three weeks, we'll be right back to saying, oh, my gosh, Westbrook is just so amazing. He's averaging a 25-point triple-double. He's shooting 50% from the field. We'll be saying all the same stuff we were saying after four weeks in Houston. So, no, I do not think we should be worried. I don't think the Wizards fans should be worried. The Westbrook fans should be worried. I think we should let this team mesh. The only thing I am 100% worried about is his lack of regression in the last five minutes of the game. And the most the thing I'm most worried about is Scott Brooks. It just has not been good. I there are times and throughout the game where I am wondering what is he thinking? Just what are you thinking? It just doesn't make any sense. So I find myself saying that a lot and you guys know I respect NBA coaches. I said many times look he is an NBA coach. He probably knows more he probably forgets more basketball than I know. But sometimes he makes me question that, specifically with him. Does he? Because it makes no sense that Neto is not in this game and Ish Smith is. But then he starts Neto the next game in place of Russell Westbrook. He will pull out Russell Westbrook at the six-minute mark and put Bertans in. What? Why? That doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, Burton's minutes should almost perfectly line up with Westbrook's. I get it. You make that hard because Westbrook stocks and Burton's does not. 
but it just doesn't. And and basically, when Bertans comes, when Westbrook comes back in at the two minute mark of the first quarter, sometimes a little bit later than that, Bertans almost immediately comes out right at the start of the second quarter. It just doesn't make sense. His minutes should almost perfectly align with Westbrook's. And the Westbrook to, uh, to Bertans connection is the most beautiful thing in basketball. Sue me. That's what I believe. But that is a great question. Thanks so much at King Cole. I appreciate it so much. Uh, next question. I'm sorry, I got one more. Finding Nima 23. Give my idea rotation how you think the Wizards should regulate Russ both in minutes and in play style to prevent sitting him throughout the season. Look, I do not like the back-to-backs. I'm glad someone asked this question so I can talk about this. I absolutely hate it. I think it's atrocious. The reason why the the Houston Rockets did that last season is he just came off of knee surgery and surgery on his hand. So, but really it was for the knee surgery. So it made sense that they do it as he was coming back from a knee injury and didn't get to participate in training camp at all. I don't know why the Wizards are doing that. He's fully healthy. He went through training camp. He played one of the preseason games. I don't know why they're resting him three games into the season. It doesn't make any sense. If anything, it is preventing him from meshing more with his team and it's keeping him from getting in rhythm. You can't pay me to believe Russell Westbrook wants to sit out. I don't believe that at all. This is a team decision, and I don't understand it. If you want to limit his minutes in the back-to-back, fine. Limit his minutes. Make him so he, he don't get to play 36 minutes. Make him play 25. But to just sit him out for entire games, three games to the season, for this season when he's fully healthy doesn't make any sense to me. Rotation-wise, I think he should play all of the games, barring an injury like everybody else. And if you want to restrict his minutes in the back-to-back, fine, fair enough. Limit his minutes to 25, 28 minutes. So he does not, he's not playing 36 to 38. But don't just completely sit him out. It's not helping anyone. The idea rotation, Westbrook, Bill, Rui, Denny, Bryant. Off the bench, Bertons, but we should mirror his minutes as closely, as closely to Russell Westbrook as we possibly can. Off the bench, Neto. Off the bench, Lopez. I would love to see Garrison Matthews get some run. He's tough defensively. I'm not saying he's a great defender, but he's no punk. They're not going to just push him around. I think we should try to see what Garrison Matthews get. Just what's hurting trying it? Just try it. You lose your 0-3 anyway. That's what I think. I think I want to see the – I don't want to see Ish Smith. I, I guess you can play him in limited minutes, but I really don't want to see Ish Smith much. He just doesn't mesh well with Russell Westbrook on the floor. The starting five, Neto, Bertans, Lopez, and let's try Garrison Matthews. That's what I would like. Lopez can step out and hit the three. Matthews can step out and hit the three. Bertans can step out and hit the three. Notice all the people that I'm saying should come off the bench because Russ plays with the bench unit. They can all shoot. You need to surround him with shooters. Doing anything else doesn't make any sense. To have him out there with Bonga and Ishmith makes no sense at all. But that's – I thank you for the question at Finding Nima 23. I appreciate it, man, so much. But those are my thoughts on that. That would be the last question 
for the podcast. I appreciate you guys so much for listening to the West Wolf podcast. Here is your fun fact about Russell Westbrook coming up right now. The multi-sports star, did you guys know that when he first got to UCLA, he wasn't the starting point guard at all? People think because he's this MVP player that has two scoring titles, multiple assist titles, all this, that he's just always been this well sought out point guard. No, he was not the starting point guard at UCLA when he got there. He only averaged nine minutes and I think a little over three points a game. But this man worked out in sand dunes at Manhattan Beach to improve his fitness. It helped his game so much. It made him faster and stronger that in his sophomore season, the very next year, he led the Bruins to the Final Four. He, he, he lost to uh, the Memphis Tigers at that time. And then he declared for the 2008 NBA Draft. It's not all doom and gloom. We're three games in. I'll see you all tomorrow after the Chicago Bulls game in my post-game podcast. Remember, you can find me on many platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Radio Public, and many more. Please, please subscribe to the podcast. And if you have iTunes, Apple Podcasts, please leave me a review. It will really help me out a lot. Thank you guys so much for listening to the West Wolf Podcast. I am your host, J.D. Jackson. As always, you can find me on Twitter, Russell Westbrook Gets a Chip, and on YouTube at JRock Soccer and Basketball Sessions. I appreciate you guys listening. And as always, until next time, peace.